0: This episode of The Interface, I speak with Wei Ying Sorlin, Senior Field Applications Engineer for Amphenol Global Interconnect Systems. Wei Ying works out of Sweden and has been with Amphenol since 2016, and we talk about her current role for AGIS, the vast product portfolio she manages, and the markets she supports. We talk about growing up in China and studying electronics engineering at university, in large part because it was the hardest subject. We talk about meeting her husband and eventually moving to Sweden with him, and how long it took to be comfortable in a new country. We talk about being one of the top-ranked players in all of Europe in the ancient board game of Go. And we discuss her Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. I caught you at the end of a work week, too, here. It's Friday afternoon for you. Friday morning here, dodging snow and freezing rain here. and in upstate New York and the U.S. But first of all, wei thank you very much for deciding to do this today. I'm glad I was able to convince you to do it. So thank you very much for being a part of this. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is if you could just tell people what's your job and what do you do?
1: Uh, thank you, Chris, for having me here. Yeah, so uh, I am today the um, Senior Field Application Engineer, uh, a.k.a. FAE,
0: yeah. uh, belonging
1: to uh AGIS group, Alcatel Global Interconnect System.
0: What is a, a some of your job responsibilities? What are you focusing on these days um, as you go about your daily, weekly, monthly business?
1: Yeah, so a typical work week of a FAE is to to have close dialogue with the uh, typically engineering team, uh, mm-hmm. the customer, either to help them tailor solution to their uh, ongoing projects or you know just to to, to learn about their future project pipelines system architecture and to feed feedback that to be used for product engineering so so that our roadmap and, and their roadmap kind of aligns
0: so you're the technical liaison. Between the the customers, the sales force, the and and the various business units within AGIS. So, for those Mm -hmm. that don't know, because AGIS, as you said, Amphenol Global Interconnect. Uh, solution Systems? Systems. System. Systems, sorry. Sometimes I get confused between systems and solutions. This one's systems. <laughs> so AGIS sounds like a very fancy name, but it really doesn't say much as far as what we do, right? What AGIS does. So what does AGIS focus on from a, from a technology standpoint and a product standpoint? What are some of the highlights that, that you'd like to talk about uh, when you're out there working with customers?
1: We do assemblies. That doesn't sound fancy at all, but a fancy way of saying it is we do value add interconnects. Right. Um, right. Meaning that we do uh, cable assemblies, wire harness, busbar assemblies, backplane or, or printed circuit board assemblies and uh, power integrations. So we're kind of a fighter in the web, you know, to, to design a, a solution or value add interconnects to uh, tackle problems for customers.
0: And what markets do you typically play in? Is it is it a handful or is it just a broad spectrum of markets that uh, you as AGIS will participate in?
1: Well, the biggest market we serve today is the IT datacom. Okay. Uh, we have some fantastic portfolios that uh, serve IT datacom. Typically, data centers are hi- hyper data centers in, in power integration. Like bus bars and high speed cable assemblies. In addition to that, also um, telecom, and we are starting to also uh, diversify into the industrial heavy equipment markets.
0: So, the good news is that you have uh, all of these business units as, say, tools in your tool belt in order to satisfy customer uh, needs, right? The challenge probably for you sometimes, and again, I'm assuming, but having been in business development a little bit over the years is, okay, I have an opportunity that comes up with the customer. How do I know where to go in order to satisfy that, right? That's always the challenge when it it comes to working with opportunities like you're probably dealing with is, okay, we have a number of divisions, a number of business units that can do cable assemblies. Where do I take this where it's the best fit? So how do you usually manage, how do you manage that challenge when you have those opportunities?
1: That's a great question and sensitive at the same time. <laughs> yeah. If we put it in a fancy way, it's a process of value proposition, right? Mm-hmm. So first of all, we need to identify what is customers' say pain point. Do, do they want to localize production uh, or or do they want another global supplier partner? because they're growing and they want to globalize themselves? Mm -hmm. Or or do they have problems in supply chain? Or it's just simply, simply they need some engineering support. And based on this information, and also we know the know-hows of our BUs, where they shine most, where where they know best. And then we do this matchmaking to find the best technologies and
0: be used for the customer. I know it's sensitive sometimes, right? Because everyone wants to be involved with it, but you can only pick maybe one or two at the same time. And sometimes you get the chance to do multiple business unit collaborations. But uh, yeah, it's always the challenge, but it's a good challenge. And I think it's also part of the reason that we as a corporation have been so successful is because there is a, how shall I put it, a healthy level of, um sibling competition, sibling rivalry, a healthy a, a healthy yeah. uh, level of that, right? That's always a challenge, but um, you know, I, I respect what you know people like field applications engineering managers like you and, and business development people have to do because you do have to kind of marry that technical side of it along with the relationship side and bring yeah. those together and make sure that everyone is satisfied, right?
1: Yeah. But there are always good logics behind decisions.
0: Right. It's always a fun challenge. So, um, And you have a lot to, to deal with, for sure, just with all the various business units within AGIS. So that's, it sounds like a fun challenge. And you get to do it all from Sweden, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, we have such breadth of technologies and depth of it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost impossible to ask someone to become experts in Both power integration and high-speed integrity, right? So, I'm still learning. I have this immense humbleness (laughs) towards our technologies. I think I'm learning new things every day, and it's just so exciting.
0: That's an excellent way of putting it, and I I totally respect that. That is being humble is good in in something like this because you know, especially if you don't come from a very technical background, you're you're never going to be smarter than the really smart engineers and all that. It's just important. Yeah, there's
1: always someone smarter than oh, me. Oh, yeah,
0: of course. Yes. <laughs> we'll back up here for a bit, right? So where did you grow up, first of all? I'll start there.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Shanghai, China. And I spent quite some years in Beijing and studying
0: also. So what did you study when you were in university?
1: Electronics engineering. So okay. I have uh, both um, bachelor and master's degree in electronics engineering.
0: Okay so maybe I take that back slightly at least you do have some technical knowledge and at least a foundation of of how this technology works so un- unlike me who I, I don't know anything I just fake it well, right.
1: I'll, I'll tell you why I ended up there because I'm not a academic person really yeah. but the yeah. reason I chose that subject was only well only because um it's said to be the most difficult subject in the most difficult school.
0: <laughs> so was this a personal challenge then? You wanted to challenge yourself?
1: I just, I guess I just desperately wanted to prove myself tough and
0: smart. Wow. Oh, man, this is really telling us a lot about you. I like that. I mean, what other things were you interested in besides being the best at the toughest?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's best, but uh, I I did learn a lot. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's we have to do hardware programming, software programming, yeah. um, manufacturing, quantum
0: physics even. So did they yeah. teach you like about Schrodinger's cat and all that?
1: Yes, yes, we did study Schrodinger's cat. Right, it's a <laughs> joke we often <laughs> refer to.
0: And I think I've just about tapped out my um, knowledge of quantum physics right there, right? Or or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't even know what it (laughs) is, but uh, it's a fun little thought game to play, if anyone doesn't know about Schrodinger's cat. But uh, anyway, uh, that's besides the point. So it wasn't so much about what the actual field of study was. I just want to make sure I get this straight. But it was about, oh, that's the hardest major, that's the hardest subject to be a part of and to graduate with so I want to do that if that's yeah. what you're saying
1: I like you to get best paid jobs <laughs> uh,
0: fair okay fair that's amazing that's I commend you for that challenge and you did it right and yeah. you got not yeah. only your bachelor's but your master's in that so talk about being humble now I'm going to be the one humble around you <laughs>
1: Yeah, I managed to, you know, <laughs> scare people off sometimes.
0: <laughs> so once you got out of uh, uh, university then, what did you start to do after you went into the workforce? It's
1: a funny story. So while I was pursuing my master's degree in, in Beijing, yeah. I, I met my husband in,
0: in Beijing. Oh, okay.
1: And we uh, he didn't want to move to China uh, because he, he has his job and... You no, know, he he doesn't speak a word of Chinese. And he's uh, Swedish? And, yes, he's a Swedish. Yes. And uh, I uh, definitely wanted to finish my um, degree. Yeah. So we had a, a distant relationship in two years until uh, after the degree, I finally decided to move to Sweden. So I usually tell people that I was lured <laughs> to Sweden.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And I found my job, my first job in Sweden with Huawei. Yeah. They have a sales yeah. office in, in Stockholm.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let me stick with this for a second. So you're, you're from Shanghai, Beijing, from China. You meet someone, a, a Swede, and you decide, okay, I've fallen in love. I want to move now to Sweden. So you take a huge leap, right? What was that like at yeah. the time for you?
1: You know, when I was that young, <laughs> I didn't... Understand what it really meant.
0: Yeah,
1: I just had this faith that, yeah, if I could graduate from
0: electronics
1: engineering, I could do anything.
0: Right. And you could <laughs> so, probably work uh, anywhere, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I believe. And yeah. uh, I didn't have some cultural crush in the beginning mm-hmm. because, you know, in general, Swedish people speak very good English. Mm-hmm. But without speaking Swedish, which I didn't at that time. Yeah, you couldn't understand the, the context.
0: Right, of right.
1: Uh, uh, and you couldn't socialize with Swedish people with intimacy. And most of the job ads were in Swedish at that time. So um, yeah, I, I, and and also to that, to the mentality. Right. I God, I fought a lot with my husband. <laughs>
0: <Since I was laughs> to speak.
1: Because we just we typically we have different methodologies and ideologies about yeah. marriage and everything. So yeah, we'll say from um, period.
0: How long did it take for you to get comfortable in Sweden? Because I have I have to imagine it's radically different from China, right? I'm I'm assuming. So yes. how, how how long did it take you to get comfortable? Um, how long did it take you to get familiar enough with the language to be able to speak it comfortably? Did it, did it take a couple years?
1: Yeah, one to two years. Yeah. After after two years, I started to speak Swedish in daily conversations. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. started to also understand the way they behave, the way they think, a lot better. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say two years.
0: Now you've been there for quite a while, right? You've been there, what, over 10, 12 years? So yeah. I'm assuming that you must still enjoy it, or at least you just put up with it because your husband is, is there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um let me think a moment about whether or not he's going to listen to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's be on the safe side. We'll assume that he is listening to this. How about that?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, uh, I I really enjoy it. I think it's a luxury in life to have experience of living in different cultures. Yeah. Because you just get, again, humble. Because you understand that you have to look through things and people in, in a different cultural lens. Right so i'm 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 not typically Chinese anymore mm-hmm. because I you know there are a lot of things that I respect a lot more since I moved to Sweden, but I'm not the sure. Swedish either because i I still value my Chinese cultural core a sure.
0: lot. yeah. It's fascinating because they are so different. So how you adjust it I think is, is something of interest. So, so you were working for Huawei and then I know you worked I think also for Ericsson before you got to Amphenol. So what'd you do for them?
1: I worked as a technical sales and product manager at Huawei. Um, it's a funny story how I got the job.
0: <laughs> how did you get the job?
1: I, landed, uh, I ended up in Sweden, Yeah. and the Huawei office happened to be 20 meters, literally 20 meters from our apartment, oh, and wow. I was looking for a job, yeah. and I was thinking, yeah. well, why don't we try Huawei? They uh, probably need somebody Mandarin-speaking and right. technically you know, educated, so I was lingering <laughs> outside their office until I saw a lady with a bag of uh, Huawei logo on it. And I approached her
0: <laughs> wow. and
1: uh, introduced myself and my educational background in English. And guess what? She happened to be uh, the wife of the HR manager of that office. Wow.
0: <laughs>
1: That's how I, I got my interview and got the job.
0: That's unbelievable. Wow. So you worked at Huawei and then you, I think if I had it right, right, you went to, to Ericsson and worked for them?
1: Yeah, so after two years with Huawei, I uh, started to speak Swedish, and uh, I figured, well, I I know how it is because Huawei still has a very Chinese company culture, mm-hmm. even within their office in Sweden, and and I'm just curious about the Swedish working culture, so uh, I wanted to to go outside Huawei and and. Uh, it started to experience another culture.
0: Yeah. So what was Ericsson like?
1: A lot different
0: than Huawei, I'd say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and what did and you do there?
1: I became a first design engineer and then a project manager at the R&D center mm-hmm. uh, within mm-hmm. the interconnect group. And later on, I also moved to sourcing uh, as part of the uh, component engineering portfolio manager for for the sourcing department. So I I kind of did a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah. How did you ultimately find Amphenol?
1: Uh, Amphenol found me. Ah. Well, not Amphenol, but FCI found me. So at that time, FCI was looking for a uh, field application engineer, Mm -hmm. and they had hunted me and I got the job. I think it was two or three months after I joined FCI,
0: Amphenol
1: announced the acquisition of FCI. And, yeah. um, suddenly I got to swim in a much bigger sea.
0: Had you heard of Amphenol before you joined? Oh, or- yes, of course. Okay. Because
1: Amphenol was one of the biggest independent suppliers to Edison. Yeah. So I
0: okay. was a to uh, Amphenol before. Sure. And I guess I should have known that because you were in components. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be strange. So, so shame, not on me. It. shame on me. Shame on me.
0: So you were familiar with it. So it wasn't like uh, a lot of people who hear of Amphenol and they're like, oh, what is that, a pharmaceutical company?
1: Yeah, all my friends and family still think it's a pharmaceutical company.
0: (laughs) Isn't isn't that always the case? So now you're with the AGIS group, but when you're not working, what do you and your husband like to do in your free time?
1: Well, I have two quite young children. Yeah. I don't have that much Time, but when I do, I um, I enjoy uh, exercising, reading, watching movies. But I have, I have a pretty cool hobby. Um, okay, that is say, um to play a strategic board game called Weiqi in Chinese and mm-hmm. Go in Japanese and in English.
0: I've heard of you know. this. You have? Yes, wow. I've yeah. heard of Go.
1: Yeah,
0: it's. I think a now correct me if I'm wrong I've never played it. I've read about it a little bit so I've never I probably should download an app or something for my iPad but it's a very simple game but yet incredibly complex, right? Is that a fair way to to describe it? Yeah. It, it can be very yeah, simple or super super complex. Like yeah, more complex than even chess. Yeah. yeah. A lot
1: more. That yeah. that is why Google uses it. To test their uh, artificial intelligence yes mine and i'm uh i'm the swedish champion wait <laughs> in what in <that> a game
0: <laughs> are you really? one of the
1: top players in europe
0: <laughs> oh my goodness okay so i'm not going to challenge you to a game then first i have to learn how to play i think i'll start with the small board right like a like a nine yeah, by nine yeah. or something yeah you're the Swedish champion and one of the top players in all of your... Why does this not surprise me? Because you're the person who literally said, I'm going to study the hardest subject in school just to prove a point. So this yeah. doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all that you're, yeah, the, like, that you're one of the top players in Europe for Go. That's fascinating. So what is it that you like about that game?
1: It's very strategical and it requires that you always have a global view of the whole board. Because You know many times you can gain locally yeah but the global result for you is actually negative so it's always about global evaluation and global strategies and it's also to play this game just gives you um stronger mentality Mm -hmm. you know how to handle losses i've been in tournaments where i was just one step away from being the first place and you just have to learn how to handle this and how to Regain your strength for the next time, and it's it's just very rewarding and educating.
0: Do you think that you take something away from playing that game into your your work or even your life outside of playing the game?
1: Probably. Yeah. I mean, I tend to always take a more strategical approach.
0: Yeah. Things,
1: but uh, just for the record, <laughs> I don't do scheming a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which means what? Trying to set people up?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Think a few steps ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fascinating. I think you've now talked me into it. I've been, like, I've read a few articles in, online about it and seen something in, I can't remember what magazine, and, and it sounded fascinating. I think I might've actually heard about it on a podcast too, where people spoke of the game very similarly to how you just did. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have to I'm going to have to download an app or something. <laughs> I'll put it on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, to... people, so right. it's yeah. Right. yeah. and it's like thousands of years old too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's fascinating. Well, okay. So here's what we're going to do then. We put you on a desert island by yourself. Okay. If you want to bring mm-hmm. uh, uh, the board game, I guess you can, but you don't have anyone to play with. So it's just going to be by <laughs> yourself. So we'll, we'll leave that out of it for a second. But you said you like to read, you said that you like to watch movies, so we're two thirds of the way there. But I say to you, okay, Wei Ying, you can bring with you one book, one album, one movie. We'll start with an album. What album would you pick first?
1: I, I, I did think about that because I, I listen to your podcast a lot. So I would pick the cranberries.
0: The cranberries, yeah. really. Yeah.
1: I like I like music with attitude.
0: Oh, like zombie or something like yeah, that? Yeah, zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Very good choice. How about a book?
1: You know, I guess I will have a lot of time to kill. (laughs) So I want to to bring a book that uh, is thick and has a lot of stories. Yeah. And I'd pick a Chinese classic, uh, which is called The Romance of the Three Kingdoms.
0: The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Okay. It's it's
1: the Chinese equivalent to uh, Game of Thrones.
0: Ah, okay. So that... Yeah, it's a lot people, of people for sure.
1: Scheming and strategy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: yes, some violence, some romance, a little bit of everything, huh? And on an right. epic scale. Okay, uh, and then finally, a movie. What movie would you bring with you?
1: It has to be a movie that I can watch over and over again, right? Probably. So I yeah. uh, narrow it down to uh, one of Christopher Nolan's movies. Okay. <laughs> Probably Inception.
0: You know who would be a big fan of that? My Son, I think that's his favorite movie. He Ah, loved movie. wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it takes some brains to understand that movie.
0: Yeah, you definitely have to watch it more than once because it's yeah. um, very complex on, on many levels, um, right. and it kind of uh, messes with your mind a little bit, but a, a great movie. Yeah, that's an ah, excellent yeah. choice. Yeah, so very right. good. All right. Well, listen, Wei Ying, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this today. I very much appreciate it. Um, hopefully we get to meet in person sometime here soon. Maybe I can come to Sweden. I've never been there before, so I'd love to. Please
1: uh, choose summertime, not winter.
0: Yeah. No, no kidding. It's winter here. I, want to, I don't want to travel from winter to winter. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look but, forward to that. Yeah, exactly. So thank you again for doing this today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me here, it's been a pleasure.